Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Sign up or subscribe to YouTube. Hit the bell for notifications. Of course, comment down below and upvote the video itself. And, of course, you can look up in the corner where it says join our subtext community. Um, do that as well. The link is in the description. I'm here with Derek Vandegrift. The number three Florida Gators come to Oxford to take on the number 13 Ole Miss Rebels. And that was a little bit different number last week. Let's, so that Vandy series kind of stunk, didn't it? What, what happened there? Uh, yeah, you know, I actually put a lot of what happened last week in Nashville on my offense, right? You know, we, we didn't really hit enough to even give ourselves a chance to be competitive. Uh, you know, Thursday night, the first game when, you know, Jack Doherty went and all that, you know, it – it wasn't really out of hand until later. Mitch Morrell came in. I think it was, uh, what, four or five to two, something like that at that point. And uh, he actually held them at bay for two or three innings there and gave us a chance. And, and you know, the bats just never got going. And by the time Mitch Morrell kind of ran out of gas and, and gave up a few runs, well, the game was over at that point. So then you go ahead and use arms like Kimbrell and Mason Morris and guys like that to – to not burn up your bullpen to hopefully have uh, nickels and guys like that later on in the weekend in a more competitive game to be able to close it out. And, uh, you know, then the Friday game came around. And, man, that, that Hunter Owens, he was just absolutely nails Friday against us, dude. We didn't have anything for him. Uh, well, a complete game shutout, uh, 10Ks, 11Ks, something like that. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. And so the offense never really gave us a chance on Friday night either. And then the same thing on, on Sunday with Revis. You know, I, I thought he pitched okay there for a little while. And, uh, you know, you end up getting nickels and those guys in the game. But, you know, you score four runs in a three-game set. You're, you're not going to be very competitive, uh, especially against a team like Vanderbilt. I mean, they're they're – they pitch the hell out of the ball. It's what they do. And, you know, you even sent me a message. They did turn into the 27 Yankees there for a little bit of a spell there on, on Thursday against us. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> Thursday was a little bit of tough luck, a little bit of good luck at the same time. You know, Bradfield hits it right there to Chatagnier, right? You know, and it was a tough play, but it's a play that we've seen him make over and over again. That was his first error in over a year and puts him on base. And then that's just havoc all over the place. But then you get the – the hard liner to first base down the line that Calarco catches. You get the double play and get out of the inning. And uh, after that, I thought it was a lot of bad luck for Jack Doherty after that, quite frankly. Uh, you had a lot of uh, bloop singles and nubbers, stuff like that, squeaking through on a shift and uh, just, just getting through the infield outside of that absolute laser that was hit in the fourth or fifth inning, whatever that was, two or three run homer. Uh, that one got out maybe in record time. That thing was absolutely smoked. But, you know, there, there, there was a lot of dribblers and bloopers and stuff on, on Jack that kind of contributed to all the traffic and base runners there on Thursday. And I thought that was a little bit of bad luck. Uh, Saunier, I thought, pitched really well for four innings, right? I mean, it, he, he kind of controlled the game there on Friday for us. And, you know, he, he runs out of gas. That's kind of uh, kind of where he's at right now. You know, he, you always see him hit a wall in the fourth or fifth inning somewhere in that range. Uh, but but I thought he looked really sharp leading up to that. I thought that might have been a place that you would have seen JT Quinn come in that weekend. And, uh, you know, another young freshman with really good stuff, kind of comparable, comparable to Sonia. He's got the big fastball and the really good slider. 
and and the changeups really worked for him well this year too. So I, I thought maybe that's where you would see him at uh, to kind of bridge those two guys to make a full game out of the two of them. Uh, but you know, didn't really work out that way. And uh, like I said, the offense just really let us down. Four runs over three games and. Uh, that's not something you expect. Uh, the only person that did hit was Calvin Harris. Apparently, he's absolutely immune to slumps. He just hits everything thrown across the plate. Uh, he's absolutely incredible. So, it was nice to see him keep it going and all. But, you know, had that game against Arkansas Pine Bluff Tuesday and ended up putting up 11 runs. So, hopefully, that busted some of those guys out of it. And they're sure going to need it because they've got one hell of a task ahead of them with the uh, Florida Gators rolling in town. They can really pitch the ball. Yeah, um, tell me what I need to know about the Florida Gators. I think um, their big player, uh, Wyatt Langford, is not going to play in this series, and you can per- you could perhaps tell everybody why he is not going to play. Uh, but yeah, tell me about the Gators. Uh, yeah, man. Again, it's a team that really pitches the ball well, and and uh, Saturday is a guy that we've seen before. Let let me start with Friday, Brandon Sprout. You know, I I don't know if you were able to see any of the game last weekend against Alabama, but he absolutely dominated the Tide. Uh, Complete game shutout, 11 strikeouts, I think is what it was. Uh, He's a guy with a really big fastball and that big breaking ball that just keeps you off balance a little bit, right? And when you're sitting there gearing up for the big heavy fastball, then – uh, you, you throw that slider in there and, and, you know, you're just swinging over the top of it. Uh, but he's he's been really good this year. He's a right-handed junior, so it would be nice to see a right-hander on the mound after facing three lefties last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's a righty. He's 4-0 with a 273 ERA. Like I said, really, really good stuff. 43 strikeouts in 29 and two-thirds innings. Um, and, and that's kind of a theme with this Florida pitching staff. They're a very – high K pitching staff. They strike a lot of folks out, a lot of big arms. Uh, so that's that's going to be a heck of a task force Friday. He's, he's only allowing a 126 opponent batting average. Uh, that's incredibly low for people that don't know what, what that stat means for a starting pitcher. Uh, but he can be a little wild. So that's one thing. If, if, if he can get a little wild, he's got 14 walks so far this year, but he's already got seven hit batters in five starts. Uh, you know, he's, he, he tries to run that fastball in on you and tries to get it up in on your hands. And I, I think that's what contributes to the hit-by-pitch. And he's got four wild pitches, too. So he can be a little wild. When Saturday rolls around, Rebel fans are going to have themselves flash back to the Super Regional because that is Hurston Waldrop, the kid from Southern Miss. You know, on okay. – uh, yeah, yeah, we – what was it, the Saturday? It was the second game of the Super Regional. I think it was Saturday. No, 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 that's right. He he opened it up. That's what it was. He yeah. opened it up and moved their ace to the second game. Uh, really, really good slider and changeup. That's what gave us such fits. I mean, he's got a big fastball, too, uh, to keep keep guys off balance. But, but the slider and the changeup was what really, really sets him apart. Uh, and, and it gave us fits down there in Hattiesburg, you know, and – Till we finally locked in on him a little bit, uh, and then we were able to get some runs and end up running away with that one. Obviously, but yeah, he transferred from Southern Miss. He's the Saturday starter for Florida now. Uh, three and one, a four ERA. Again, forty-seven strikeouts in twenty-seven innings. A very high-volume strikeout pitcher, uh, but from the right-handed side. So that's that's good for us. Uh, you know, I, I I think we've hit righties a little better than lefties so far this year. Maybe that's recency bias based off of last weekend. Uh, but then Sunday you get maybe the best player in the entire country. The guy's going to win the player of the year award. Jack, let me see if I can get this right. 
Caglion, I believe is how you say that. Uh, <clears throat> big kid. He also plays first base for him. We're, we're about to get to him in a little bit from the hitting side. But a big, big sophomore lefty. Uh, he's 3-0. and He throws at 98 miles an hour consistently from the left side. And he's just a big, intimidating force up on the mound. Uh, 320 ERA, 32 strikeouts, and 25 innings. I mean, he's he's been really, really good. Control's been good. Uh, he's he's not super wild with it. You know, he'll walk a batter here and there. Uh, but he's a really, really good Sunday pitcher in this league. And then when he's playing primarily first base when he pitches, I believe he DHs for him. Uh, but that's that's where he is a a real menace when he gets that aluminum bat in his hands. Yeah. Okay. Um... Talk about the lineup beside Castellone. I'm probably butchering his name. Um, who else Caglione. they have on? Yeah, Caglione. Who else they have on that yeah. side of the ball? Uh, yeah, you know, they, they might end up having the best freshman in the country playing second base for them right now, Cade Curlin. Uh, if it's not him, it's that kid from Georgia. Uh, but Cade, he's, he's hitting 386, uh, an 1196 OPS, seven home runs already this year. He's He's been absolutely on fire very good defensively too like that's that's one thing you're going to consistently see in the sec this year when i started poking around everybody is so good up the middle if you're not good up the middle then you're not going to be a good defensive team that's one thing they have uh but but that freshman's really showing out and then kind of staying with that up the middle shortstop how many times we talked about all the good shortstops we've played so far this year and we're getting another one coming up this weekend he's a junior josh rivera and he is absolutely torching the ball right now. He's hitting 417, 1336 OPS, 10 bombs. He's hitting absolutely everything in sight, and he's hitting everything hard. Um, he, and, and, again, really good defensively. And when you have that kind of pitching staff with those guys playing behind them, it makes it really tough. But they've those two guys have been really good, along with Jack Caglione. Uh, they have a center fielder, Michael Robertson. He's hitting over 300. Uh, they've got, I think, five or six players hitting over 300 so far this year. Uh, one thing they do really well, they don't do it a whole lot, but but they do steal bases at a really high clip. It's an 84% success rate for them stealing bases right now. Michael Robertson's one of the guys that contributes to that. He's five for seven so far on the year. Plays a really good center field, and he gets on base. He's, uh, I think he's walked 17 times and struck out 10 on the year. You know, anytime you can walk more than you strike out, you're going to have a really high on base percentage. And a guy that can cause havoc on the bases like he can, uh, getting on base is a big deal. Uh, Josh Rivera, going back to him for a second, he actually leads their team in steals along with that 417 average and 10 home runs. He's six for seven so far on the year. So he's he's doing everything for him right now, just like Jack Caglione is. Uh, he's just doing it in a little different way. He's not doing it on the mound, but he's doing it defensively at the plate and on the base paths too. So that's that's one thing we got to look for. Calvin Harris is I, – I actually thought he was doing fine controlling the running game a little bit so far this year until I actually saw the numbers. And he has struggled throwing out runners a little bit. I think it's 85% uh, success rate for stolen base stealers so far this year. Um, and, you know, we've, we're going up against another really good catcher you know, this weekend, it seems to be another thing, you know, that that we've been doing so far this year. BT Riapello, he's a, a senior. He's hitting 310, 312, something like that for him. But he's four for four in stolen bases. So it's not somebody you can completely discount when he's able to get on base. So, uh, you know, the really the top half of this lineup, maybe a little further down, is 
is pretty solid. Uh, once you get down to the lower part of the lineup with the regulars, you're talking about, you know, still 260 to 280 hitters, nothing that bad, obviously. Uh, but when you're talking about guys hitting 417, 380, stuff like that, you know, it's it does sound a little bit worse. But, yeah, it's definitely something you've got to keep an eye on. One through nine with this lineup, and and again that pitching staff's just incredible. Yeah, that's the Florida Gators. Um, first game tonight, Friday night, um, yeah. on SEC Network Plus. Hey, before we get out of here, Ole Miss's pitching has what's the word? Become a little bit thin. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know I think it's like Parento. I I I know I'm butchering yeah, the Parento. Yeah, that's and, right. That it's just that's the fourth pitcher that is missing time of an already yeah. depleted staff. Mm-hmm. How how do we deal with this? Yeah, you know, I I think you kind of get through this weekend with the same plan that you have. If things keep going this way, like you know, if we end up going through this three game set and nothing's really changed, these guys haven't grown up a little bit. I wouldn't be super opposed to mixing it up a little bit, and it's kind of hard to figure out how you could mix it up uh, because you don't have a lot of arms, right? Like, that's that's the thing. It's not like past seasons where you can just pull a guy – well, I mean, just take Doug Nikhazy, for example. You know, he, he didn't come out starting his freshman year, but then we ended up having a hole on Sunday and he pitched so good in the midweek, stuff like that. They ended up throwing him in there and he just kept shoving, shoving, shoving. That's what he did his entire career in Oxford. Uh, we, we don't have that guy. So I think you have to sit there and wonder – how you can mix and match some of these arms to get through the 27 outs and the best way to do it. Um, it sounds weird, but until you get Hunter Elliott and Riley Maddox back to bolster not only the bullpen, but the starting rotation, if you told me that you were to move, say, Revis to Friday, make him your ace, and then Quinn and Sonia be your other two starters and put Doherty back in the bullpen, well, now you're talking about being able to shorten the game so much between Nichols, Doherty. Um, I, I've actually liked what I've seen out of Morrell this year. Uh, the the results haven't really been there, but, man, that, that slider is going to play. It's a really, really good slider. Um, and then Takuian, if, if you can load up your bullpen with these arms, then you don't have to get length out of these starting pitchers, which is something we're absolutely not getting right now. But with Doherty being in our starting rotation – we don't have those arms to come out of the pen to cover a three-game set. You know, say you get, uh, you know, with Revis, say you get five innings out of him on a Friday night. You know, you're you're obviously undermanned because he's not a standard SEC ace, right? But if you can get four or five innings out of him, well, then you can bring Jack Doherty in to piggyback him, and you know you can get a good three to four innings out of him. Yeah, he's burned for the weekend, but you were able to pair up two of your better pitchers on the prime night in SEC on Friday nights. And then you go into Saturday, say if you keep Sonia there or if you move JT Quinn in, then you can piggyback him with, you know, Morrell and Nichols or Takuian and Morrell, Nichols, Takuian, something like that. Well, then all of a sudden you're finding a way to possibly take two games out of a three-game set, which is what you're trying to do. You want to win series right now. Uh, at least until you're able to get more arms, until you can get Hunter Elliott back, maybe Riley Maddox. And if you get those two arms back, well, now you've got a little more flexibility with, uh, you know, Elliott on Friday nights. Well, then you can start piggybacking and pairing guys on Saturday. 
Saturday as opposed to Friday and kind of stretching this thing out a little bit. So, uh, you know, I, I think if things start going the way they've gone so far this year, this weekend, then maybe you start looking at it. Quinn threw, what, three innings, I think it was, on Tuesday night, something like that. Uh, so, so that tells you that he's probably got a big role coming up this weekend, I would think. And, and I'm, I'm sure Mike's thinking of the piggyback role for him off of one of these starting pitchers. I just don't know which one it would be. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Also, there's a Locked On Women's College Basketball. Good luck tonight to Coach Yo in the Sweet 16. Uh, oh, yeah. Big week, big weekend for Ole Miss football. First open scrimmage tomorrow. So um, thank you very much for stopping by, Derek. I know it's a day later than we normally do it, but we had to, we had to, we had to do some Sweet Sixteen things, bud. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I, I get it, man. Yeah. Anyway, take care, buddy, and um, I'll talk to you next week. All right, bud. Hi, Toddy. Howdy, Toddy.